Let's have a party in my El Camino. Hey everybody, it's Randy Cardoon, and welcome to another edition of Talking About Cars. Everybody has a car story. Heather Storm is the new co-host on Velocity Network's Garage Squad. That's the show where mechanics descend on a garage to repair a classic car that's been sitting in that garage for years. And if you haven't seen the show, you've likely seen Heather on those Mercury car insurance ads. I think there's 18 of them floating around out there. Is it really? (laughs) Now, are there ones we haven't seen yet? Probably. I I can't keep track of them all, but some were regional and then, you know, some were national. So it's just, there's a lot of them. Well, that last time I saw was the dog one. The dog one? The dog one wearing a shirt. Have you ever worked with dogs? I have never (laughs) worked with a dog. (laughs) They always steal the show. That's the thing. How how did that go? They take a lot of time. (laughs) um, And we had to have the dog lick the kids, like lick him. I don't know if that ended up making it into the spot or not, but they're like putting peanut butter and and applesauce back there trying to get the dog to kiss the kid. And the kid's kind of unhappy and the dog doesn't want any more (laughs) peanut butter, you know? (laughs) It's it's a lot (laughs) just for one little second of the commercial. Now, is that creamy? peanut butter or is it i think it's creamy we don't want them chewing we just want them you know get oh, stuck to the point. roof of their good mouth point. and then just yeah, keep good licking point. i like that i like that all right heather storm joining us here on talking about cars and uh, of course her show she is uh the new co-host of garage squad on velocity take me back to the first car you remember growing up where you grew up what do you remember about it one of the first things that comes to mind is my dad was a car guy and so he always, you know, he, he liked to drive fast. He had lots of different cars. I think at one point he had to retake his driver's license for getting too many speeding tickets in his sports car. Really? So he traded that sports car, and I can't remember what kind of car that was. I just remember going fast lap. But I do remember <clears throat> I was maybe in fifth grade or maybe fourth grade. I was young, and my dad pulled off to pick me up after school, and he pulled up in this red SSL Camino half car kind of half truck thing. Right. I had never seen one before at this, at this age. Mm-hmm. And my dad pulled up, and I was like, what is this? He's like, this is the new car, our new car. I'm like, no, it's not. This is not the new car. I I was mortified at that. I don't know why, but at that age, I was mortified at this like hybrid car truck thing. I thought it was horrendous. And I thought my dad was joking because he always had these sports cars. He's like, no, this is a great car. I'm like, I'm not riding in that car. (laughs) You did not want to be seen anywhere near an El Camino. I didn't want to at the time. And, you know, I ended up having to ride, of course, in the car. But it was just a very strong reaction that I had as like an eight-year-old to that car. So fast forward to when you were in high school. What did you drive then? Uh, I had a hand me down car, which I think was very smart. My aunt handed down an 86 um, Pontiac. uh, No, excuse me. uh, Bonneville. A Bonneville. It was like a plum color. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a plum color. And um, I really beat the hell out of that car. I'll be (sighs) honest. It was really good that they gave me a hand-me-down car. They knew. They knew my track record just for kind of just going for whatever I wanted to go for. So, you know, I was in Montana at the time. So we would literally take the car, and I was the friend with the car. So we would take that car up into the hills, you know, see what it could do. I mean, it wasn't really supposed to see what you could do with it. But, you know, we're driving up dirt roads, up mountains with it. And, um, yeah. I, so I don't I really remember Pontiac in 86 having an off-road uh, package. Yeah, Is exactly. that... <laughs> <laughs> I created that myself. Well, well congratulations. <laughs> I think if, if that still stuck around today, Pontiac may still have been here. <laughs> You started. You were a pioneer back then, That's I think, right. in Montana. That's kind of cool. That's the car that I first had in high school, and that was my car. My brother, unfortunately for him, got that handed down to him when he turned to drive. And it literally, by that time, had a chain holding the hood down on it. <laughs> 
And I think it flipped up the wrong way when he was driving it down the road. The hood flipped from the from the back forward, and he because it was chained down in the front, so the hinges left the back. And he said he was driving down the road, and and the he said, "Thanks a lot, Heather. You know, you gave me a crappy car." That sounds. Like, <laughs> I just saw the Cuban Chrome show last night on, on Velocity. It sounds like the same show. <laughs> it sounds what they do. They stick doorknobs on uh, hoods and stuff to okay, keep it closed. Right. Yeah. It sounds like the same show. Exactly. I was inventing it back then. <laughs> what do you have in your garage now? Uh, right now, I'm driving a 4 Series BMW. I am a driver when it comes to, like, especially in L.A. I want to get fast, get around everybody. You know, I like to say assertive driver. Some people will differ with me on that. So everybody's listening right now going, oh, she's the one. <laughs> I see. Hi, I'm plenty nice. I let people in as well. But when I need to go, I can get up and go. That's important for me. You know, I'm always interested when when you got this job to go to Garage Squad. Yeah. Um, had the commercials come out? Did they know you from the commercials? How did they kind of latch you to get into the Garage Squad You know, job? I don't... Yes, the commercials had already come out, but I don't think that it was necessarily related. I feel like it was just more of a coincidence. I didn't pitch myself like, eh, I'm on a car commercial, therefore I know everything about cars. Get me on Garage Squad, because that would kind of be silly. But um, it's just kind of something I've fallen into. I don't know. I it just did I like watch, cars. So did, did you watch the show the first year? Um, I had only seen like one episode of it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and, and I thought the other host was fantastic and, and I thought it was a great show. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, so I was excited when I saw that there was an opportunity to um, be a female host on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're with a bunch of guys yes. who've been there for a while. They worked together as a kind of a unit. How long did it take before they accepted you? <laughs> did they kind of have some fun with you? I'm still trying to you? figure out if they accept me. <laughs> There's a lot of hazing going on. They gave me a hard time, as guys do, you know, being the new, especially female in the group, and they all having worked together for four months prior, um, you know, for the first season. But, you know, they're a lot of fun. And so it was all harmless. But yes, they definitely gave me a hard time. I saw the first episode, the one with the 442. Yeah. And the classic scene after it's all done and they say, oh, by the way, check out something in the back. <laughs> you get out and he just takes exactly. off. Exactly. And you could hear you in the background going, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> That's Joe for you. You know, he liked to give me a hard time all the time. He'd say, hey, no more talking. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I give them hell back. You know, that's part of it. Some of the people that have seen it, the feedback I get is they get very impressed that not only do you sound like you know what you talk, or t- what you're talking about, the fact that you dive right in. Yes, you know. <laughs> I have to, again, attribute that to my father of, you know, not being afraid to get dirty, not being afraid to just go after things. And that's what makes it fun. You know, things that I even I've never done before, some things I hadn't done before. But it's like, hey, let's let's just dive in there and and get it done. And especially when you're on a limited time crunch, there's no time for you to be wussy about things. You just got to get in there and get things done. That's what we're about. What is the one thing uh, or maybe more than one thing that you learned big time or or the that really sticks in your mind that you learned about cars from doing this show? You know, I really got to delve into the motor a lot and doing a lot of engine repair stuff. And there's a lot to that. And so I still could never know at all after one season, but I I really got my hands dirty, literally, (laughs) in the engine. And that was something that I just learned a lot about. Like, I just, I got to see the similarities because of all the cars that we'd work on, but then I also got to see the differences. And I just got to ask a lot of questions about, you know, sometimes why we're doing certain things. Because Joe, Joe Zolp, 
Cooper, he's really the lead on 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 the builds, and he really makes sure that that's that that's how the and he's the motor guy. So, you know, I got to ask him a lot of questions when I was wondering, like, okay, what are we doing here? What are we doing that? And you know, a big thing I learned, a lot of new parts don't work. Really? Yes. We multiple times would pull a new part out of the box, attach it like an alternator or whatnot, and then we're testing why the engine's not working, why it's not firing right, and it happens to be a faulty new part. Multiple occasions that happens. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I just felt like... You're constantly diagnosing things, you know, and constantly trying to figure it out. I can see why people on their own, just one person in a garage, will get frustrated. Because at least when we're all working together, we can bounce ideas off each other. Well, have you tried this? Well, have we tried this? Because we're trying to finesse this into working order here. There's a lot, so many variables that can cause it to not be working perfectly. The 442, and I'll go back to that first episode, that car needed a lot of work. Oh, yes. And, and I'm just curious, how long does it take to do an actual resto based on what you guys do? It just depends on the car. Um, so we like to say, you know, we don't p- pick a specific amount of time, um, but we like to, it, it's a few days. It's within a few days, you know, uh, three to seven days, depending on the amount of time that we have to work on that specific car. Mm-hmm. It's fast. It's much, much, much faster than anyone would do it in a shop. I mean, if you took it, you know, I, I asked Joe, what if we took this this 442 to the shop? You know, how long would it take? Is like three, four weeks and, and multiple thousands of dollars to get this thing done. So I, I think it's, you know, it's amazing with how many hands on deck that we can get it done so quickly. We're talking to Heather Storm. She is uh, the new co-host on Garage Squad on Velocity. And uh, thanks for joining us here on Talking About Cars. I'm always watch the show and i always wonder how much money are we talking about to do it and do the people like who pays for the work that you do is it a velocity paying the situation so they could put it on the air or is it uh the people say okay we'll give you some money up front how does that work no uh the the people's cars that we choose i'm not personally involved in obviously the financial aspect of this but i do know that you know it's a gift to the people whose cars get chosen so they're not putting any money down up front um and i know yeah and i and they're not really Pay, they're not paying for labor of anything. I mean, they're not putting anything out there. So the network or whoever is sponsors that come on and, and whatnot give us the parts that we use on the on the show. And, of course, our labor is the show labor. So that's, yeah, it doesn't cost anything to the owner. So they get a great deal. Wow. They're, that's why they're so happy and in tears sometimes. <laughs> well, talk about that because, you know, some of these guys, and I, and I know I've been through it as an amateur car guy that's got a car and garage for a long time. You finally get it going. It's yes. You got to, mm-hmm. you know, talk about some of the emotional reactions you perceive. Well, you know, cars are very, as you know, very personal thing to people. I mean, some of the cars that we choose, you know, it was the very first car or for the 442 episode, Ryan and his father split it when he was in high school, went 50-50 on it and his father passed away. So it's extremely important. There's a lot of memories in that car. I think he drove it in the homecoming parade in high school. And then, you know, losing his father, it just it became more than just a car. It became a symbol of a relationship he had as well. And I think that that I've I've seen that with a lot of the car owners that we have. And that's why it becomes so special for them to finally get it up and running again. I mean, there's a lot of emotions that are they're flooding their system when they see this car start for the very first time. And it's it's overwhelming. I've gotten a little teared up at times just from looking at the reaction and how happy they are. And, you know, I have to say, it feels really good to bring that. Some people have been sitting there for 20 years wanting this car. They don't know what to do. It's it's become a daunting, frustrating task because they feel like 
they don't have the money, they don't have the time, they don't have the knowledge. It just feels like one huge thing that they're never going to be able to remedy. And so it feels really, really good to be able to see that finally come to fruition. When you guys are asking from time to time for submissions for next year, I assume they'll be in next year. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> that would be good. People are going to put together stuff on a tape. Um, do you have any suggestions as to what would work for them to maybe get them seriously considered? Well, I think they can go to garagesquad.tv to submit their car. I think it's really important to have proper pictures of the vehicle. Um, you know, like we, we want to do a lot of work on the car because we want to up the stakes. So we want to have something that's challenging and not just like, oh, yeah, we just had to do a few things and that one doesn't make exciting TV. <laughs> so we want a car that's we in bad shape. We need to change a headlight. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. it. It's done. Perfect. So, you know, most people <laughs> wouldn't really want to see that. But so I think that it's important to understand the condition of the car that it's in realistically for your submission, have lots of good pictures for it, and then and then give us an example of the story. You know, what What does the car mean to you? Because that's what the viewers are. You know, everyone, like you said before, everyone has a car story and everyone has some memories associated with cars. So I think that it's really important to give us an idea of why this car is important and, and why should Garage Squad pick it? Why should we do this car? What makes it so significant and what makes it really important to them um, and how, you know, and what shape it's in? I, I also have to bring up the 442 scenario about there was a twist to the story. Uh, apparently the yes. twist where it was a 442, but then, uh, then the 442 parts fit. Right. So it said 442. It had the 442 emblem on the vehicle. Um, and Ryan even admitted as we talked to him, like, ah, you know, my dad and I were wondering if it was really a 442 or not, because, you know, Joe's ordering the parts for a 442 and the, the radiator doesn't fit and this doesn't fit. And, and there started to be some things that were telling him as he dug into it even deeper um, that it might not be a 442. We don't really ever know the answer to that because, you know, when once people get in there messing around on cars, people add parts here, they finagle it here. I mean, all kinds of things happen over a lifetime of a car till we get it that we see, you know, 10 different people have worked on this car and tried to do things. And trust me, we see a lot of <laughs> half, half done things. <laughs> Was the 442 the dirtiest car that you've seen this year or are there more? Are there better ones? I don't think it was the dirtiest. Really? Yes. It was pretty bad, but there's another one that was really, really bad. Hold on. I'm at the edge of my seat. <laughs> okay. You got You're going to give at least the kind of car we're looking at? Well, we're looking at a 34 mm -hmm. Ford Coupe. Okay. And that car, as you can tell, it's super old. Layers of carpet in that car that needed to be brought. Layers of carpet. I mean, carpet was all around the car ceiling, sides, and it was so sitting there for so long. I mean, it was it was really bad. So the amount of stuff that we had to rip out of that interior, the 442, I just think had it just on the bottom. Uh -huh. <laughs> we didn't have carpet surrounding the entire thing. Wow. It was shagadelic. <laughs> <laughs> you've had many cars at least you've had a few yes uh being here in hollywood you've seen a lot of different cars around um has there ever been a car you had that you wish you could get back somehow no 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 there hasn't you know usually when i'm done with a car i'm just kind of done with the car or you know. Is there a car that you had that you're so happy that you will never see again? <laughs> <laughs> I had a Pontiac Grand Dam in college that um, just was problem after problem, problem car. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad I will never have to see that car again. And it was red. And red's like the most hit car. 
Did you know that? I didn't. I know yeah. it's the one that supposedly the authorities see on the freeway. And it's the one that people make some people angry and they hit the car. Really? Yes. And how many times did you get hit? I don't know if I got hit more than one time in that car, but it had problems like mechanical problems. I was constantly bringing and didn't know anything about cars really at that time. And mm-hmm. whatever they told me, I'm like, oh, it's a transmission. That's $2,000. I'm like, oh, God, you know, I don't <laughs> have any money. I'm a college student. So that car was just a money pit car. It just what college did me. you go to? I went to Oregon State. Oregon State? Yeah. Beavers. Beavers, yep. Yeah. All righty. Yeah, good a good school. football team this last year. Yeah, they did finally. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can say that because I went there. Exactly. No, it, absolutely. you got to at least now be prideful about the fact that they have a winning football team. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so all the cars that you've seen, all the cars that you've fixed up, when it comes time and you have a nice car in your BMW, when it comes time that's number one on the Heather Storm list of cars I want to get someday, what is it? <sighs> Well, there's a car that I can't afford. Does of it have course. to be the car that I can't, that we fixed up? <laughs> there is the 57 Ferrari um, 250 GT California Spider. It's like a $10 million car. There are 50 of them made. It is an awesome car. So I could really see myself. <laughs> I'm shooting high. You said any car. I said any car. I say shoot high. <laughs> that car is an amazing car. And um, I could definitely see myself driving around that car. I'm just thinking in my mind how many more Mercury spots you're going to have to do. A lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot. And like 10 more years of Garage Squad. <laughs> you talked about Joe. Mm-hmm. Bruno. Bruno. Mm-hmm. Bruno. What's he like to work with? <laughs> um, you know, Bruno's a great guy. You know, he knows a lot about cars, and um, he just kind of comes in, does his thing. We give him crap about his hair because he doesn't like to mess up his hair. <laughs> 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 so we like to make fun of him like that. I think, and then he and then he gets out. You know, he he's very professional. We like to give him a hard time though because I say that I, I get dirtier than he does. <laughs> so and how does so, he take that news? He laughs it off because we all like to have fun, and that's that's part of that's part of being in a garage. You got to be able to joke with each other. If you can't if you can't make fun of yourself, life's going to be very difficult. Absolutely. <laughs> and then there's always the guys who are stuck underneath the car. Yes, all the the other mechanic guys. <laughs> Claustrophobia is not something they need to deal with, I assume, because they're always stuck underneath the car. There are several times where they legitimately have gotten stuck in this episode where we had to, like, grab size legs and pull him out because he was under the dash and kind of has a belly. He got stuck under there. Really? And, and so they're like, hey, grab my feet. I gotta get, I can't get out because he's, like, upside down diagonally under the dash. I think it was the Corvette that we did, so it's pretty small. And he was legitimately stuck under there. So This is great. We're getting <laughs> secrets behind Garage Squad. Okay. Um, who else am I forgetting that uh, we haven't... Um, well, we have Wreck-It Ronnie. He's another one of the mechanic guys, and we call him Wreck-It Ronnie because he loves to get the torch out and just take it apart. Just wreck it. Just take it off. Rotted frame rails, just torch them off. And so that's really fun. Take but, out the battery, just torch it yeah. off. <laughs> Hubcap. He's just waiting for us to say, all right, Ronnie, fire it up. <laughs> this one's not going to work. <laughs> Did you ever in your wildest thoughts think, someday I'm going to co-host an automotive show. No, I did not. <laughs> I never I never thought about that. And you know, it's funny just how this industry, like you said, it is funny how this industry works because you don't really know exactly what at what opportunity things are gonna come and find you. And you just have to be ready for anything, really. I mean when they say that, you really do need to be ready because some things just might fit that you never knew were going to fit. And and that's what makes it exciting though. I mean that's part of being part of the show business world is that the constant not knowing 
can be good and bad. <laughs> and in some cases, it's really, really good because I find myself doing things that I never would have thought I'd be doing. And that's what makes life rich, you know? That's what makes life full of experiences is doing things you never thought you were going to experience before. Garage Squad co-host Heather Storm. Don't forget you can check out Heather and the guys on the show Tuesday nights on Velocity, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Don't forget to check out all our other Talking About Cars podcasts while you're right here on SoundCloud. And you can get the older archive podcasts on my own SoundCloud.com forward slash Randy Cardoon account. Hey, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me next time as we have some fun talking about cars.